But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUTs after further review. And still trying to do a good segment there with Darren Cohn, the coach. Now we got on our phone lines. We've got David, the man of God, Harris. And uh, David, welcome back. Back to back weeks. We've been on air here on 88.3 WXUT. Uh, David, you're going to do the AFC South preview? Yeah, we're going to start off in the South. Well, I mean, it includes like the Midwest, which is a whole different kind of story but the AFC South for purposes of this well obviously um I mean think about it the Dallas Cowboys are in the NFC East <laughs> so obviously that doesn't really make a lot of sense but that was just that old NFL stuff back in the day and that's just how it happened yeah I mean and you know back when Dallas was relevant they could you know dictate a lot of the stuff that actually made sense and well, let's let's be honest, David. Here, they're still relevant for a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl or a championship in over twenty five years. Basically, uh, you got to admit that they are pretty re- re- relevant. Yeah, well, I mean, they are the you know they're on hard knocks. On hard knocks, ESPN makes sure that you know there's always a Cowboys segment. The fans obviously travel well. You know, they are a marquee franchise mm-hmm. other than when it comes to actually, you know, getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, well, yeah, I but look, yeah. I we'll deal with the NFC East in a little bit. Right, exactly. Next week we'll, we'll be getting into that. But you, you did some great profiles. Have you been listening to your shows that I posted up there? By the way, it's on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Absolutely. you got to drive up the ratings. People need to... You will need to hear these previews. Nah, one thing I will tell you, last week's preview of Michigan High School football with um, uh, Frank and his buddy Chris Schultz has over almost 80 plays. 80. Michigan's up and running. Yeah, that, that I, I was pretty. I was pretty impressed by that with him getting almost 80, 80 plays. I said, "Man, eighty plays! That's that. That is a lot for for, for that." So, um, let's get into this right now, David. We're going to go to the AFC South. Let me get the music ready for you and. All right, go ahead, David. All right, so if you guys are new to the program, we go from worst to first. We're going to start in the basement. Butlers, they probably won't have the number one overall pick again, but they're definitely be dead last in the AFC South <laughs> yet again. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars, no longer featuring one Timothy Tebow. What did you think they about could? that? I know you're a Tim Tebow fan. Do you think he was strung along? Was he just Arvin Meyer was giving him a bone to try to get it back in the NFL, even though he hadn't played almost what, ten seasons? Uh, I, 
I definitely think it was a bone. I think it was like, you know, a favor from an old-time friend. And what I saw, he wasn't, he never played tight end before. He's been out of the league for God knows how long. We saw when he actually did try to play on the field, the block was embarrassing. Like, I didn't even, I mean, that looked like a junior high varsity first time playing the position kind of block. Like in the preseason, it was was just bad. And it just, I don't know if it lended more credibility, but it definitely made Urban Meyer's seat hotter because you're starting out with all eyes on you seeing, hey, you had this big publicity stunt that failed gloriously and spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Now, can as a locker room, can we trust you to make decisions when we had to spend a good chunk of our offseason having to deal with this circus? So mm-hmm. it just ruffled a lot of feathers. Well, th- th- does it really put Urban Meyer in the hot seat, though, for, for doing this? At least he cut him after the embarrassment. I think it would have been more of an eye-opener if I thought they were going to at least keep him another preseason game. It, but if they would have kept him around until the third preseason game and said, you know, yeah, eventually we'll cut him, then people would have had their eyebrows raised to him. But he had a bad performance. He didn't look good. Obviously, he probably didn't look too good in camp, and they cut him. So, obviously, they gave him a bone. I think some people were a little upset about that, that they were giving him an opportunity. And some mentioned, you know, how come Colin Kaepernick can't get an opportunity, you know. But this guy does, and he's been out the league for 10 years. But he did, and he cut him, and that is it. So, I I think he kind of saved face by cutting him after that really horrible performance. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously the smart smart thing to do because you can't keep a player that can't play a position onto the field. I mean... Let's just be honest here. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think it's, going to leave, it's still a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth that he was even here to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I think that that will linger on. Now, if Jacksonville is successful, if the Trevor Lawrence project actually works out, which jury's still out on, mm-hmm. um, then I think that will kind of... The, the more Jacksonville is successful, the more people are going to look at Okay, talking about praising Urban Meyer instead of mm-hmm. all things go wrong. It's, well, you know, maybe Urban Meyer should go back to college. Maybe this wasn't the right fit for him. This is a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for for him in a ways that really you probably won't see for any team in the NFL this year with a new head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of win-loss record, I, maybe they'll get four. Just because the AFC South is so unpredictable with the other three teams, maybe they'll sneak one. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Jacksonville were to, let's say, win two games, looking at their schedule, mm-hmm. you could probably see, hey, two games is solid. Because, I mean, do they beat... Cincinnati, we don't know. Do they beat the Jets? We don't know. Those are the two quote-unquote toss-up games that you can see. The rest of their schedule is a tough one because their cross-divisional is the AFC South and the NFC, uh, NFC South and NFC West. So, I mean, that's tough. That is true. It is That is tough. And so, going... From 
fourth to third, I think they're placed um, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, defensively, great. Solid. I think that they can finish as a top ten defense. Stout. They have a great offensive line. They have position players. We're not, you know, when we look at skill position, uh, skill position, T.Y. Hilton, John. Hey, hey, you're breaking, David. Are you, are you driving, David? Are you driving somewhere because you're breaking up? Nope. Okay. Keep going. So it kind of star-studded running backs in Indianapolis with Taylor and Hines. Um, and then kind of good veteran Marlon Mack. The million-dollar question is, who's going to play quarterback for this team? Mm-hmm. Because it was supposed to be Carson Wentz. Made a big hoopla about bringing him in and then gets hurt. So now you're out there with a veteran in Brett Hundley who kind of backed up Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay for a little bit. Then you got two young bucks in Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger, mm-hmm. neither of whom were like they were successful in college, but we really didn't look at them like, hey, this could be a solid starting quarterback for 5, 10, 15 years. Like these are career journeymen kind of players. So, depending on the quarterback position, they could just as easily have two or three wins this year, or they could easily be in that five to six range. Right. But, again, looking at the schedule with that divisional crossover, they don't have to play the Jets. They have the Ravens. So, that's are they going to beat the Ravens? No. I mean, they do play the Jets, sorry. Um, but just look at, looking at the schedule, you're, it's again, where do you find the wins for Indianapolis? And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but even with Carson Wentz in there, are they winning half of their games? I think no. Mm-hmm. So... I'll set the bar at six for Indianapolis, but they could just as easily be down there with Jacksonville Ooh. In, in the four, three, four, five range. Uh-huh. Um, moving up to who I predict will finish second, the team that kind of has a quarterback, but in the midst of a scandal, I don't know if he's actually going to play this season, if he's going to be traded, and that's the Houston Texans. Um, again, their cross-divisional cross schedule is not pleasant for them. But they're getting a lot older on defense. Do you really trust that core to really hold up as well? And I don't want to say top 10, top 15, because even when they were fully healthy, they were hovering around that 10 to 15 rank in terms for, like, how I thought of them. I know other people rated them highly just because of the watch factor. But I just don't know what to expect from Houston. Well, the thing is, you don't know what to expect with the quarterback position. I mean, it's a debacle down there. They've got the guy down there practicing with the team, but he's not being a quarterback, but he's not really practicing. He's catching balls. I understand there's, you know, the stuff that's going on with all the allegations and stuff going on with the with, with the women and stuff like that. 
And some people just say, just just have him go home. Because let's be honest, you can't sit there and have the guy being a, a quarterback with the third team. I mean, we all know he's a first teamer. And now you got him over there trying to be with the, the with the third teamers because, you know, he's going to practice because he doesn't want to get fined and lose money. And they're just being stubborn. They, they should just say, go home, we'll pay you. But go home so you're not a distraction, and I think that's the the, the problem here. You, I, I I'm surprised you didn't pick these guys really to be last, um, because I just think that, like you said, the defense and then this the distractions and their coach is a first time coach, even though he's been coaching the league for years. I just see a big mess down there in Houston. Yeah, it, it's gonna, and again, like I think, like I don't put them. And maybe this is just kind of personal bias. I don't think they're as bad as kind of the craziness in Jacksonville, just because Jacksonville just seems to find new ways to create kind of controversy to shoot themselves on the foot. Could I see them flipping places with Indianapolis? Absolutely, because I think Indianapolis, because they have a stronger defense, I think that they would be able to cover some of the offensive weaknesses and liabilities from them not really having a trustworthy quarterback at this stage. But, yeah, I can easily see Houston, again, four wins, five wins, six wins. And then what's really, what really will ruffle a lot of feathers is October 25th looking at the schedule. They go to Arizona where you know it's going to be a ticked off J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. You already know the, the controversy around Watson wanting to keep DeAndre Hopkins. So, I expect that game, and this may be a way too early, like the Cardinals block of the week for whatever week that is. And I expect the Cardinals to just go off on the tech. Like that could be like a 49-3 to kind of game. When is but, the game? October 24th. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, more by than that a point, month into the season. Well, yeah, but by that point, could Houston have their stuff together? Man, they could, but, you know, revenge games. Revenge games are always tough, and that's going to be the middle of a, for the end of a two-game home or road trip, back-to-back. The first of two back-to-backs against the NFC West. A lot of energy. I wouldn't be surprised if they flexed that to a Sunday night game. That's just me, but... That could be that could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the team, at least for right now, that it's championing the division, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry continuing to prove why he's just a freak of bleep in nature. They improve offensively, defensively, offensively getting Julio Jones, defensively just really stirring up. The back, or the secondary, and well, really the back seven, if you really want to include Bud Dupree in there. Um, but yeah, Tennessee, this is their division to lose. And surprisingly, they have the quarterback. If you were to take like the starting, like the starting quarterbacks of this division, Trevor Lawrence, uh, if Deshaun Watson is there, and then. If Carson Wentz is healthy, Ryan Tannehill is probably the most disrespected out of the four, just because we always talk about him as being 
oh, he's just a gay manager. He was a gay manager in Miami. In Tennessee, he basically just has to not throw the ball away and just give it to the man-child known as Derrick Henry. But, I mean, Tannehill, is he a top fifth, top half quarterback in this league? I It's hard to say he's not. I agree with you. I mean, you, you got to have good quarterback play to get winning divisions at least. When the quarterback play is chaotic and you don't know who's the quarterback and you're going back and forth and you got a rookie, I, I really think he got a – people say that he got a bad label in Miami, but, you know, that was also because he was under gaze, which obviously that was a disaster in Miami and New York, and then you get away from – he gets away from him and it's kind of his career gets revived. But I do think that this might be a season that Tannehill has to prove that he's one of the top half quarterbacks in the league, though. Uh, he, he has to prove it this year. I, I think some people are, you know, and he's like, okay, they got away from gays. You know how the NFL is. NFL is about consistency. You can't have one or two good years. You got to have at least three before people start putting you in conversations of being the best or in the top half of things. That's the only thing I like about football it's all about consistency it's not about uh uh you know you're a flash in the pan and then they they just want to anoint you in other sports and I think that's what the thing is with Tannehill if he has a great season this year I think the conversation will start to change that maybe the start to his career was because he just was under some bad coaching (laughs) and now that he's in, in, in an organization that's solid and under great coaching now you're starting to see his talents flourish. But, and I think it's also because, and kind of thinking about comparing, the situation in Tennessee is similar to what we talked about in Cleveland. Like, they know their bread and butter is running the football. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all Tannehill has to do is turn around, boom, feed it to Henry, because he's going to be the workhorse. And so I think part of that, Proving yourself is okay in those rare instances where it's a you know second and eight, third and you know third and six and longer, maybe even third and five and longer. Can you be that consistent enough now that you have a solid kind of number one caliber receiver in Julio Jones, where you know he's a little older, but when he's healthy, he's still top ten wide receiver in this league. Mm-hmm. Now you pair him with a speedster and AJ Brown. Now you pair him with some other kind of veteran players, like a Josh Reynolds. Like, like he has all the pieces that he needs. It's basically, hey, don't screw this up. Right. And I think to Ryan Tannehill's credit, he hasn't. And they have on the offensive side of the ball, solid players defensively. They're just getting better and better. If I could easily see Tennessee challenging for top three seed in the AFC come playoff time, because I think they are that good and that much better than the rest of their division, mm-hmm. that they can pile up the win. Right. That makes sense, yeah. Right, so to Recap, I'll put the Tennessee Titans as the divisional winners at a 12-5. and five. Uh, I will put 
reluctantly the Houston Texans at eight and nine. I really don't feel good about it. Here I'll put the Colts at seven and ten. Mm-hmm. Seven and ten. And Even with Carson, let's say Carson Wentz is healthy all year, you still got the Colts at seven and ten. It's kind of weird saying that because the seventeen games. That's just strange. Yeah, and it's also just because he's so injury prone. Like throughout his career, he's just been that injury prone. It's like, do we trust him to actually play more than half the season? Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know. Even behind a solid offensive line, mm-hmm. he's prone to you know do scramble because he wants to be Big Ben so bad. Um, but yeah, I just think the Colts are hovering around that hamster wheel kind of 500 mark. Mm-hmm. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars bring it up to rear. We'll go we'll go 5 and 12. <laughs> wow. For the for the for the Jags. Yeah. So you, in urban you don't trust. Have, didn't even trust him at Ohio State when he had all the players at his disposal. <laughs> but How long do you think Urban Meyer be in the NFL before it's uh, uh, he leaves on his own. I mean, let's face it. Every stop that he's been at, except uh, Utah, Bowling Green, he's left to get bigger jobs. But when he's gotten to the bigger jobs, he's left with controversy. Florida, Ohio State. Does he do the same in the NFL? Yeah, because and yes, you may be able to draft high, but a whole, there aren't a lot of groups in the NFL. If you're struggling, you could be gone. That, I mean, that's just that, me. Yeah, I mean, the track records indicate that, and it shows that, hey, when something fishy goes or starts going wrong, he wants to jump ship. And mm. in the NFL, we've, we've seen coaches with stronger pedigrees get the boot quicker mm. for not having been successful. So it could easily be, by the time they get to their bye week, which is after their game against the Bengals, in prime time, no less, which is weird, mm. I could easily see him either being, or he could easily have one win if he beats the Bengals, or the Broncos, which the Broncos are a little question, we'll get to them when we do the West previews, or he could lose his first four games. Right. Mm, that'll, so, that'll, like I said, that'll be interesting. Stay tuned. Get the popcorn ready. Uh, get the popcorn ready or whatever you do in Florida. I mean, Florida's just weird. They could, you know, get your gator tails. Get Question. the all signs. Question. So is Tim Tebow done? career over yes please for my sanity please yes for your sanity why is that because long-standing you know every time Tebow does something I have to come on the show and talk I mean I don't have to but inevitably we get it gets brought up and just, just retire like you've done all you can you've done your chances to try to revive your career just just let it go he did also minor league baseball. 
say he was here in Syracuse trying to do that. Didn't really work work out. It was good for publicity, you know, getting fans in the seats, but he didn't get called up, which but just just leave those opportunities for the young guns. Just retire, do your book tour, do your mission work. Just live life. Just live it away from the sports world. Well, I, I think he can do commentary, don't you? Do some sports commentary. I mean, ESPN is bringing every, you know, clearing up house and you know, having 19,000 shows. He can get a sports radio show down there in South Florida, one on ESPN in Jacksonville. I mean, I'll give him credit. At least he tried. Um, like I said, the only the, the, the positive is that he tried, and he was also at 34 years old. You look like a 34-year-old pro athlete. You know, when you get to about the mid-30s, for pro athletes, you start to lose a step. So you could tell his athleticism is pretty much gone. I mean, that's what kind of made him a great athlete. He was, you know, he had athleticism. I don't think he had all the tools to be a great football player, but some of his athleticism kind of helped him survive that couple of years he played quarterback in the league. But, you know, at 34 years old, that's pretty much kind of gone. So I think that kind of hurt him. But I'm just upset that. And I, I think he's a great guy, but for him to get an opportunity, I think it's kind of a smack in the face to other guys that want opportunities too. If you're going to be handing out opportunities, you know, you might as well just start handing out opportunities to everybody. Yeah, but, you know, life lesson when it's time for you to hang it up, just hang it up. Don't hang on longer than you need to. Yeah, that is sad. Uh, and I, I hope, and I don't want to go off a tangent, but I hope that doesn't happen to uh, LeBron. I know LeBron, you know, they were talking about him being, he's talking about they're thinking he's washed because he's not one of the best players. But I'm just hoping that LeBron doesn't hold on too long to where you start to remember the the, the, the old LeBron instead of other, all the stuff he did as a player when he was young. And that kind of happened to Jordan a little bit. People don't really talk about the Wizards years, but it was it's, it's always sad to see an athlete go out like that. I mean, I'm already past that stage with LeBron. <laughs> but, but like I said, Tim Tebow probably is great. He went out there. He got an opportunity. He, he couldn't hack it, and he got cut. And, you know, that should be the end of it. And like you said, he should move on to other endeavors. Final thoughts, or are you done? Uh, I feel sorry for anyone in the AFC South outside of Nashville, Tennessee, because, good God, it's going to be a rough year. If you're in Houston, Indianapolis, or Jacksonville, is it one of the, is it going to be one of those divisions that um uh, is it going to be one of those NFL divisions where it could be a losing record for the division winner because they're just so bad at teams? Sir, I don't think losing record. I don't think Tennessee will have a losing record unless something freaky happens or close to five hundred. It could be like the old school kind of AFC East where, you know, the division winner is double-digit wins and then everyone else is under 500. Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, I remember those days. Ugh. Those old Patriot days. Okay, great. All right, well, David, thanks again for, uh, for that. We'll go into the NFC South. This will be kind of interesting because the reigning champs are in that division. Got a teaser for us, David? Sorry, Tom Brady, but even the growths have to 
see the end of those lines sometimes. Ooh, so you're basically saying if you're an older athlete, it's probably going to be time to put you out the pasture, huh? That's another well, I mean, one I'm afraid of with Tom Brady. I just don't want him to go one season too long where it's like kind of like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning got lucky and won that Super Bowl, but it, it was time for Peyton Manning to go. He didn't have that arm anymore, especially after that neck surgery. I mean, just like LeBron James, money can only do so many of these off-season procedures. You can't beat Father Time. And it's undefeated, never lost, as uh, LeVar Ball has said. All right, we'll take a quick, we'll take a good commercial break. When we return, NFC South predictions. Hmm, this will be interesting here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you always check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. It's got WGTs after further review with a picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head. When we return, David, the man of God, Harris previews the NFC South. 